talking today about encountering the gift of Jesus. The gift of Jesus. And as I was preparing, you know, what the Lord wanted me to share, the heart of the Lord for you all, he said, why do people live broken lives when Jesus already fixed it? And that's really the truth of the matter. The reason people live broken lives is because they're believing in lies. They're not seeing with the heart of God. They're not seeing the plan of God. They're not seeing with the vision of God. But it's totally possible to know the heart of God. And you are not broken. Regardless of what trouble you're going through or what's happened in your past, you are not broken. Your life is not broken once you receive Jesus. Once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You no longer need to live in disappointment. You no longer need to live in strife. You no longer need to live in depression. You no longer need to live sick. You no longer need to live in oppression. You no longer need to, no matter what happens, you do not need to li live feeling defeated in any area of your life. And I'll be honest with you, in any area of one's life where they are feeling defeated, or oppressed or depressed or, you know, fill in the blank for your own emotion, fill in the blank, it means they haven't seen Jesus. They don't know Jesus yet in that area. They might be saved, but Jesus didn't come here just to save us. Yes, we do have an eternal reward, and that is amazing, and, and everyone who knows Jesus can rest assured in that. But he came for us to live here victoriously, that you would be victorious so that you can bring others to victory through him. Okay? So, people, you know, offense. What about offense? If someone's walking in offense, they, they don't know Jesus in that area. I'm not saying they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they haven't been renewed in that area. Okay? They're captive to another. You know, when you walk in offense, you're captive to another. When you get offended at things, not you. Nobody here gets offended, I know that. Let me, so when I say you, I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying you, generic you. But when one becomes offended, they are walking in captivity to the person that they think has offended them. Okay? And when we are captivated by Jesus, that's what this is all about, that we will walk captivated by Jesus in our lives. When we are captivated by Jesus, the world can never hurt you again. The world can never oppress you again. Fear has no hold on you ever again. You walk fearless. You walk free. And that's what Jesus came for us to have. Okay? So we just want to stay in Jesus. People who live with that consciousness of brokenness, I, I, I do not like any of those songs that say, I'm broken. Turn those off when they come on your Christian radio station. Okay, that's just the lie of the devil. When people live in that brokenness consciousness, they're not living in the hope of glory. Jesus told us, he tells us in the scripture that he has given us the same glory that God gave him. So if you believe in brokenness, you're not believing in the glory. Does that make sense? Okay. The hope of glory is not broken. Jesus is not broken. Nothing in my life is broken. I might go th through persecution. I might go through things. You might go through things, but you are not broken. You are de destined to live victoriously. And so all you got to do is just believe differently. You have to believe in truth. Okay? Because you truly live knowing that you are in him, once you're born again, that you are in him and he is in you. You got somebody big in you. Real, real big. Okay? He's a real, real big God. And he's big enough for anything that you have with which you have to deal. All right? So, can I, can I make sort of a startling statement to you? 
<laughs> Y'all are going to laugh a little, maybe. But the truth is, once you know Jesus, you don't have a single need. Can you just think about that? Once you know Jesus, you do not have a single need. You simply have scripture promised, fulfilled, if you choose to believe that, if you choose to believe the word. You see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. You have the promise. What is the promise? The promise is Christ in you. Okay? So, at that point, when Christ is in you, what do you become? You become him reaching out. Christ through you, him reaching out to those around you. You're not going to have time. Once you understand how much he loves you, God is here to love you. He loves you regardless of your mistakes. He loves you regardless of what you do or don't do. You can't do enough works to earn his love, and you can't do enough bad stuff to make him not love you. Okay? That's a, that's a foregone conclusion in this church. So, when you... Okay, the, there's knowing, there's like believing in Jesus, knowing about Jesus, and then there's knowing him personally in you. Okay? And when you know him personally in you, what happens is instead of you being the thing that's reaching out to others, it's Jesus in you reaching out to others. You can't fix anybody. You can't fix yourself. In your weakness, it's his strength that brings the cure. Okay? You can't fix you. You can't fix anybody else. The only thing that can fix anything is Jesus. So he be when you understand and know him, when you become intimate with him, you become him reaching others. What an awesome gift. And then the, it works through him instead of through you. Okay, I don't really want anybody to see me. <laughs> you might be disappointed. I might be disappointed. See, we only <laughs> want people to see Jesus in us. Right? That's why he came. So, we have to get out of ourselves and into him. We have to understand he's in us, we're in him. And that's where we need to walk, by knowing his love, by knowing his love. It is not enough to just say, Jesus loves me. You must know his love, how much he loves you in a personal, no matter what you do, in a personal and intimate way. We personally are only, uh, let's say the word, good or helpful to others to the extent that we know how much he loves us. Because that's the only thing that's going to generate you being able to walk in his love to everybody else. So you're only as good to others as, as you are solid in the fact that he loves you. Does that make sense? Okay. So, I want today to show us the beautiful, what beautiful Jesus has done for us. So we're going to go through some really tough scriptures. But the scripture is truth. And the truth brings light. The truth does not bring condemnation. If you leave condemned when someone speaks the word, you haven't understood it. But don't blame them. Say, help me think better. Help me know better. Help me understand better. Okay? So nothing in this message today is meant to bring condemnation. It's meant to bring liberty. Because him whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. So, when a person receives Jesus, he is a totally new creation in the spirit man. Okay? You may not have fixed everything, but you don't have to fix everything before you come to Jesus. Okay? So in your spirit, man, you are a new creation. The scripture tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So we need to let that affect our lives. We need to let that affect our thinking. Okay? 
the reality of the same spirit, the spirit of Jesus coming to dwell in a person who chooses to believe in him. Wow, that's big stuff. So, and it's the very form, the very likeness of God, the character of God. That's what you're destined for. So, before we receive Jesus, let's just go back. Okay, I know y'all don't want to think about this little part, but let's just go back. Before you receive Jesus, the spirit of man, the fleshly spirit, is in a sinful condition. It doesn't want to do good. It wants to dwell in darkness. Okay? Okay. The only thing that dispels darkness is turning on a light. Right? That's the only thing. Okay. So, in Romans 7, 8, it says that the spirit ruled by the law of sin and death, the spirit ruled by the law of sin and death, that there's nothing good there. Oh, praise the Lord that you, if you've received Jesus, that that's not where you dwell today. Okay? So, by nature, that spirit is ruled by sin. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us a way out of that and that you've put us under a whole new law. And that we can live and move and breathe according to the law of the spirit of life. Okay? So really, this is a message of hope today. Because we're talking about the gift that he truly brought. We are thinking about the gift that he truly has given every believer. And that is available to every person in this universe. Okay? Romans 7, 8. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. That's the unborn again nature. But we receive Jesus, and Romans 7, 4 tells us that we die to that law. We die to the law of sin and death. That's a really important concept for us to get. And we're going to go through the scripture later and understand how Jesus did that. So it can become real to you and not just something that you hear some preacher preach. Okay? So Romans 7 says we die to the law of sin and death and now we actually belong to another. Wow. You belong to another. And you know what? He's watching over you. He loves you. He's your protector. He's your confidant. Okay? Who, and this person, this another has defeated the law of sin and death and given us freedom in the law of the spirit of life. Let's read seven four, uh, Romans 7, 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law in Jesus. You also died to the law through the body of Christ. He came as a fleshly man. Not as a deity. Okay? That, when it says that, it means so. That you might belong to another. To him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. So, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a God fruit bearer. Right? It says right here. I'm not making it up. It says, in order that we might bear fruit for God. That's how God sees you. Bearing his fruit. Okay? So, now you're God's fruit bearer. You're created in his image. You're, you have a reborn spirit. Through Christ, you are now set free from that old law. You're under a new law that is actually a law. It's a freedom law. It's a law in the spirit. It's a law that brings life and peace. It reconciles us to God. It brings us in union with a father. Wow. That's awesome. Romans 8, 1 and 2 tell us that we are no longer under the condemnation of God, under the condemnation of that law, um, not God, that law of sin and death. Right? 
Because the, the law brings condemnation. The Spirit brings liberty. Okay? Through Christ, we're set free from that law. We're under the new law. We receive a spirit of life into our very spirits, indwelling us, the very life of Jesus. The very life of Jesus. How can you lose? How can you let anyone ever? You know what? No matter what someone says to you, it can't hurt you. You're in Jesus. That's a really weak excuse. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be angry. <laughs> I don't really mean to be ornery. But if you think you've been too persecuted to deal with it, you're wrong. All that means is you don't know Jesus in that area. When you're being persecuted, you know what the Jesus in you would do? The Jesus in you would not be offended. The Jesus in you would not quit. The Jesus in you would not go run and hide their tail. You know what the Jesus in you would do? Wow. How can I have compassion for that person? How can I hang in there with that person? How can I stay in that environment and be a help? It doesn't run away. It doesn't say this is too tough. It stays. When Moses was having a hard time, didn't somebody come along and lift up his arms? Well, even if that person is persecuting you, are you going to be an arm lifter? So quit saying it's too tough, it's too bad, it's too hard, I'm too persecuted. It's not time for that. This is the end times, and you are called to be a light. Period. Wow, that was a tangent and a half. <laughs> but you know what the Lord told me when I was studying this week? And I wrote it down because I thought, I ain't got to listen to this. Because when times get hard, and they might be hard now, and they might be even getting harder, you know what he said to me? He said, if you are running from the darkness around you, you have forgotten you have forgotten that you have a light in you that shines brighter. You turn it on. Don't excuse yourself. If that light is not shining in that situation, it's because of you. It's because of me. I take just as much as responsibility as I'm throwing out there. You know what I'm saying? This is not a time to run. It is a time to stick. That's what the Lord told me. <laughs> Where was I? Romans 8, 1 and 2, right? Okay, I'm going to read this one in, that tran in the uh, translation of the Aramaic. The closest to it is usually the NIV, so that's probably what you'll have up on the screen. But I, I, when I read the Aramaic, I really want you to listen to its words. There is therefore no condemnation to those in Yeshua the Messiah who do not walk in the flesh. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Yeshua the Messiah, has freed you from the law of sin and death. Those are shouting grounds, beloved. Those are shouting grounds. The law of the Messiah is the law of God's love. Right? We have a new law. The law of the love of the Messiah. Okay. So we just want to fall in love with the Lord. We just want to let him love us, and all the stuff works out. See, you don't have to strive after this when you know that the Lord loves you and the extent to which he loves you. All right, Romans 8, 3. Again, I'm reading from Aramaic. For because the written law was weak, 
through the sickliness of flesh, God sent his son in the form of sinful flesh. In the form of sinful flesh. Remember, he never sinned. Because of sin. To do what? To condemn sin in his flesh. By coming as a man and living according to the Holy Spirit, just like we have to do here today, he condemned sin in his flesh for you so that you could live in a new law. That is the big time stuff. Okay? So we're told right here, it says, to condemn sin in his flesh. We are basically told that Jesus condemned sin in the flesh, something that we could never do on our own. You could not do it. You could not do it, but Jesus did it on your behalf. And we just have to walk with the Holy Spirit. So when we receive Jesus, we have a new power in us. We have a whole new life in us. We have a whole new authority in us. Right? And we can walk according to the Spirit of Christ, dwelling in us, eradicating sin. Eradicating sin. When you know how much God loves you in a certain area, you don't want to sin. You, you don't even, it, it, it's putrid to you. You see what I'm saying? So it is totally possible by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ to eradicate sin. Now everyone has a certain amount of stuff in their lives where they make mistakes. Hallelujah for the mercy of God. He gives you time to change. <laughs> if he didn't give you time to change, we'd all just be gone. So don't look at your brother or sister and judge them. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> anyway, that eradicates sin. That eradicates that whole fleshly desire thing. What a victory. What a victory he has given us. Is this making sense? We just need to recognize him in us. We just need to recognize the power. We just need to receive full revelation of what's already been accomplished on our behalf. You can do this. You can walk in this. You just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to your heart and to speak to your heart. We have power over sin and death through Christ. Through Christ Jesus. Complete power, total victory. We will not be moved. We will stand on the rock. Okay. Man, that's some good news, guys. We're talking about some good news today. Knowing Jesus in us. So, anyway, when Romans 8, 3 says that he condemned, Jesus condemned sin in the flesh, what does that really mean? It means, okay, this is what it means. It means that he became flesh, he is the Godhead bodily, right? He became flesh here on earth as a person, a man. You're a man, you're a woman. He did this for you so that you could understand that you can walk like he walked. So that you can identify truly with him. Okay, so he came just like us in flesh. He never sinned. He was able to defeat sin forever on our behalf by the Holy Spirit because he listened to the Holy Spirit. And when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit back to you. Your comforter, your counselor, your revealer of truth. Okay? That's why sometimes when people read the word, you know, they can read it and read it and read it, and, they, and, and maybe a person may not receive true revelation, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just drop a little nugget in their heart and it's life, because the word is life. It's alive. It is an active force in your lives. So let's just stop and think about that. He came as flesh. He did it just like we are. Because he defeated sin as a man, not as a deified individual. See that? Not as a deified individual. 
as a man, as we are here, now sin is forever condemned. He totally defeated it. He never sinned. He was able to overcome it, and we are too. So if there's a sin that so easily besets, get to know Jesus in that area. You see what I'm saying? You won't continually do the thing that you don't want to do any longer. And you know, he can work it in a, in a second. He can do it in a second. Through the spirit of life that now dwells in you. Alright, so now through Christ we are able to do the same things we are created in his image. There is a new life and a new power in us. Total exchange. Did you guys, you guys think of it that way? Total exchange. So, as a result of that, there is no longer anything that sin has, anything that any demon has, that can be more powerful than you when you remain in Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Knowing the love of the Lord, love is greater than all. It will drive out every darkness. If you renew your heart, your spirit, I'm not talking about your mind. Yes, your mind needs to be renewed. But if you get the depth of this, the deep wells of your heart, of his all-expansive love, no darkness will be able to exist. Okay. So, we just need to recognize who he is in us and then he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could walk like he walked on this earth. You have a friend in the Holy Spirit who helps you walk in, get this, it helps you walk in sin-condemned reality, not sin-consciousness reality. See that? He condemned it. So you can walk in that reality rather than sin-consciousness reality. Do you realize it's not your sin that keeps you? Okay, listen out. I'm not, I'm not being a heretic. It is not your sin that makes God not love you. That's a lie from the devil. Does he like sin? No. But does he love you no matter what? Yes. What keeps you from entering into personal intimacy with your father through Jesus is your belief about you once you sin. Or get this, your belief about you once someone who's close to you sins against you. Nobody else's sin or persecution against you can change who you are to the Lord. But see, what the devil does is he lies to us and he says, well, that happened to you because you did this or you did that. And that's what I'm talking about, getting out of self. You're just keeping yourself in a deep, dark pit when you think that way. Okay? Let's say someone... In a, in a marriage relationship, let's say one of those partners has an affair. Well, to the person that didn't have the affair, that's painful. That's hurtful. So we can get into this situation and we can say, well, he's mean, he's this, she's mean, she's that. And then what we, or what we do is we take that sin that they cause and we attribute it to ourselves and we say well that means I'm unworthy or that makes me that makes me unacceptable or that makes me dirty or that makes me less or I'm doing something wrong and if you're doing something wrong we'll go ahead and admit it repent and deal with God on it okay but that's not what I'm talking about here today why not but see 
in one way, let me, and I'm, I know I'm being really, really tough. And I'm not talking about just adultery. I'm talking about, you know, what if someone cheats you with money? What if someone, you know, it can be anything. But you've been done wrong. In your eyes. And in reality, you probably have been done wrong. No one has a right to sin. Okay? But, and I'm not giving excuses to the person who committed the sin. I'm not doing that. They need to get that right. They need to fix. They need to repent. They need to go to the person that they offended and deal with it. And ask forgiveness. Okay, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exonerating that. But, in self, we don't see the pain that that person's in. We see what it did to us. And I understand that. Oh, gosh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why not, in that situation, take the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts and say, that person is hurting. That person is in pain. That person has closed a door in that area of their life to the Lord, or they wouldn't have done that. You see what I'm saying? So see that person in pain. See where that pain is coming from. And as best you can, minister the love. Am I being too hard on y'all? See, the more we get out of self and see what, it has, what things do to us personally, the more we have Jesus' victory in our lives. And, and when we do that, we no longer are a victim. Because I can say, you did that because of a pain that you're going through. It, it is not a reflection on me. I'm okay with God. And I want you to be okay with God. And I'm not saying that to be judgmental to the other person. Is this making sense? Is this too hard? So then you're okay. You're not broken. You're not less because of what that other person did. It is not a reflection on you. It is a reflection of their spiritual condition, and we cry out to God for that spiritual condition, for the light and the love of God to be shed into that spiritual condition in that person's life. Okay. <laughs> I hope you all got that. So anyway, Romans 8, 5 says, that because of what Jesus did, flesh and sin can no longer be our governors. See that? See that? That's the whole deal. We just remain in Jesus, and then that sin no longer governs us. It's not our pain. So knowing Christ in allows us to die to self. That's what we're after. We want to die to self because self always gets us in trouble. You know, that's one reason that sin is so destructive. It's because it robs us from knowing who we are in Christ. Does that make sense? All right, Romans 8, 5. Again, in the, out of the Aramaic. Those who are in the flesh are governed by the flesh. Those who are of the Spirit are governed by the Spirit. So no matter what anyone else does, you can walk governed by the Spirit. They cannot, do not live in their pain. Do not live in what they are not. Live in what you are. You are a purchased, blood-bought child of the living God. Live in who you are. Live in who Christ is in you. Do not live where they are not. Does that make more sense? Okay, so we are not governed by the flesh. We are governed by the Spirit, so what do we want to do? We want to sow to the Spirit. Whatever we sow to, we reap. So we are going, no, 
those other messages we had. So we are going to sow to the Spirit. We're going to reap in the Spirit. And it says that the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is peace. See, so what, what are we going to receive when we walk this way? We are going to have this overwhelming peace that no matter what goes on personally, and no matter what goes on in a world that is governed by chaos and not by God, that we can be peace and joy and wisdom in the Holy Ghost. Romans 8, 6 tells us that very thing, that we reap the peace and life of God. For the mind of the flesh is death. What's another name for flesh? Self. You know all those selfies everybody takes? To aggrandize themselves? To capture themselves in history? <laughs> I just want to capture Jesus. <laughs> I do. I do. I want you to capture Jesus, and I want to capture Jesus. The mind of the flesh is death. The mind of the spirit is life and peace. So we just need to fix our minds. We just need to fix our thinking. We just need to change our thoughts until it sinks in the good soil of our heart. Knowing Christ in us, we have defeated the spirit of fear. Knowing Christ in you, we defeat the spirit of fear. We defeat every destructive force, every poor me force that tries to bring that sort of death and decay because that's all it is. An attitude of self is a death and decay attitude into our lives in any area. Romans 8.15 tells us that we have not received a spirit of fear, that we have received a spirit of sonship. Abba Father, sonship. You are a son, you are a daughter, you are dearly loved. He takes care of you if you let him. If you let him. From the NIV, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So we must understand sonship, daughtership. You have to understand. Okay, I, I like have so many tangents here today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I just have to believe it's the Holy Spirit. If you had a rotten father, and you couldn't see the love of God through that father, quit blaming him. You have a new father. You have a perfect father. Get in touch with him. Quit living in the excuse that I didn't know the love of God growing up. Why are you looking to a man? Why are you looking to a person? It'd be the same if you had a rotten mother. And all you parents who think you were rotten at doing something, get over that too. Because your kids are called to walk in a relationship with the Holy Father. <sighs> you see, no person is anyone that we should ever be looking to. That's really what it comes down to. There's only one perfect. So if you're looking and saying, oh, I had a rotten father, it's terrible, I, I'll never get over it. Well, just, okay, if you want to live there, live there, but you don't have to live there. Because you can just get over it and receive the, the love of the father. So no guilt, you know, condemnation. You don't have to be a victim your whole life. Just grow up and get relationship with Christ. That's going to fix everything. Okay, so I was basically back here saying that all fear is based on self. 
It's on self-preservation. It's on taking care of myself. If I don't take care of myself, nobody else is going to do it. You're wrong. The problem is, if you take care of, try to take care of yourself, then you're not letting God do it. Right? And God wants to do it. God sent his son to die a horrific death a crown of thorns, being spat upon, being rejected, crucified, so that he could take care of you, so that he could show his love to you, so that he can hold you in the palm of his hand and provide for you. You see that? You have a loving, gracious, good, immeasurably, unconditionally loving father. You are not going to disappoint him. But only in Christ can we know that unconditional love. And it's only that unconditional love that can satisfy anything in our lives. Nobody else can satisfy anything for you, honestly. Knowing God's love removes all desire for self. Because we have someone who is more sufficient than ourselves. And is certainly strong enough, powerful enough, and loving enough. So, when we know God's love, we can open up to others, we can put our guard down, all that trash, all that baggage from all the past pains, and we can say, I am not in pain. I am walking free. I didn't like seeing my brother get thrown across the room when I was a kid. You know what? I don't have one speck of unforgiveness in my life about my parents. You see them the way God sees them. You love them. I'm not going to hold on to any hate or any of that. That just holds me down. Just love, 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 love. See where that pain came from and, 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 and minister love. Okay? Because guess what? No, no, no weapon ever formed against you can get a foothold in the love of God. The devil's going to try to bring weapons against you. But walking in God's love, they'll never, he will never get a foothold. Only bitterness and offense and anger allows a foothold. And none of you want that. People are never your problem. If you put your faith in people, they're going to steal your joy. God won't give you joy. God gives you peace. Okay? So what a good father. We have his peace. We have his life dwelling in us. He has given us his glory. Remember all that teaching we did about the glory? United with the Father. United with him. The veil is torn. You can walk in union with him. Romans 8.10. It tells us, I'm paraphrasing it and then we'll read it. It tells us that if the Messiah is in us, that we are dead to the cause of sin. What is a cause? A cause is something that impels you to do something. So it says you're dead to that cause. You're dead to the very thing that impels you, your fleshly nature, to want to do that. And then it goes on to say that we are alive to the cause of righteousness. So that would be the cause, the cause would be that which us, that which impels us to do the will of the Father. See, when you're in Christ, you, be, you get a position, a position of righteousness. You become the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, that's your position. Now you got to get to know what that is. You grow in that by, by letting him love you and then you do his will. Okay? Does that make sense? You grow up into him. So anyway, he has given us his glory as we are united with him beyond the veil, torn forever in our behalf, 
so that we could dwell in his love. You can dwell in his love, and sin cannot, cannot stay seated in your heart. It cannot. If you know the love of the Father in an area in your life, sin cannot dwell there. Because he has nothing to do with darkness. Okay. So, when we are in Christ, we are in the Spirit. Here's 8.10. But if the Messiah is in you, the body is dead for the cause of sin, but the Spirit is alive for the cause of righteousness. To accomplish God's will, his image made alive in us. We are now glorified in union with God. Romans 8.16 and 17 says that we are sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ, heirs of God. This is all scripture. If you think it is too big or too out there, you just need to read your Bible. NIV 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children now. If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. How do you share in the sufferings? Get rid of self through the love of God. And what do you get? You get to share in the glory. I think that's a great exchange. That is an awesome exchange. I want that in every area of my life. And the thing is, is he died, Jesus died so that we could have it. He denied self, we deny self, and we find reality in the Father. Okay? Even though we're just people, men, here on earth. We've been given a greater power. Romans 8, 18, okay, this verse you can just say, this verse is my victory verse. This, this, this verse is my jubilee verse. It says, or should I say jubilation? 18, for I give counsel that the sufferings of this time are not comparable to the glory which is going to be revealed in you. How quick do you want that glory revealed? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> More glory. I want it revealed in me. Oh, Lord, let me get rid of anything that doesn't please you. <laughs> and let me not do it on my own. Let me do it knowing that it is the love of God that transforms a person. <laughs> You see, no suffering can or will ever compare with the glory revealed in us. We walk in Jesus, we are his glory revealed here on the earth. So Christ has given us this gift, this tremendous gift, tremendous gift to be God's glory here. That's you. I want you to walk out of this building today and say, Christ in me. I am the glory of God revealed here on earth through Christ in me, self-crucified. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So now, all creation, when you walk in that revelation, all creation yearns for that to be revealed in you. The very expression of God's glory revealed. That's you. Flesh swallowed up in glory. Flesh swallowed up in glory. Condemned. Romans 8, 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation. When you walk in a room, you are an expectation. You don't want to put your hope in, in, in people. 
But when someone comes to you, you are an expectation of God revealed to them when they don't know Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Do you think that's important? Oh, Lord, help me get every little bit of myself out of the way so that I can be the expected glory that that person needs. That I can be your true vessel. That your love just flows through me. That I know that love so it can flow through me. And then in Romans 8, 20 and 21, it says, all of creation in its fallen state is freed through Christ unto glory. Were you ever in a fallen state before Christ? Absolutely. But you don't live there. Be Peter. Not the old Peter. Be the new Peter. The one who knew he had rejected Christ three times. And went on to preach with power and signs and wonders. Because he identified with what Christ did, the forgiveness. Christ went to him. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter was exonerated. Live in that exoneration. By knowing him by knowing truly what he has done. If you see what he did for Peter, and, and Peter re rejected him three times, what can he do for you? You understand? All right. So 20 and 21, again reading from the Aramaic. For the creation has subjected, has been subjected to futility, not by its choice, but because of him who subjected it unto hope, Hope for the creation shall also be freed from the bondage of destruction into liberty of the glory of the sons of God. Oh my goodness. Lord, you are so good. You are so kind. You are so merciful. Regardless of the condition of the world, Regardless of the condition of my state before I came to know you, you freed me from the bondage of that destruction that was in my life into the liberty of the glory of the Son of God. What are you celebrating this season? When we understand Christ in us, Oh my, we become so captivated by Jesus. So captivated by Jesus. And you, guess what? Guess who you are? You are now the agent of that hope and glory. You are the agent of that hope and glory. You are the agent of liberation from the bondage of this and destruction. That's you. That's me. Hold your head up high and walk into the room and take the land. Know the love of the Father in you. <laughs> so Christ has given us hope and made us to be his hope and his glory to the world. Flesh overruled by the Spirit for all of eternity. Christ, we celebrate it at this time of the year, Christ gave us this gift. Freely. Freely we have been given this gift freed from every bondage to live in the liberty of his glory. Through Christ in us, God loving us, knowing that love in the person of Jesus, Romans 8, 21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage, this is the NIV, to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Wow. 23 and 24, speak about the overcoming power of Christ that transforms us and allows us to live in that hope and liberty. Let's read it. 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first 
fruits of the Spirit. That's a believer. Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. Wow. In this hope, it is salvation unto you, beloved. Romans 8, 26 and 27. It is the Holy Spirit that secures our ability to live in this hope. It is the Holy Spirit that secures our ability to live in this hope, knowing that he is ever interceding on your behalf. He prays when you, in ways according to the will of God when you don't know how to pray. Okay? So we want to grow up in Christ and out of ourselves. Let's read this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Oh, thank you. I am so thankful that I have the Holy Spirit interceding for me. God's perfect will. See, he, he even recognizes here that there are going to be times when you don't know. You don't know how to pray. You don't know. He's going to intercede for you. You know, the scripture tells us that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Verse 28, and he's only here to help us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. When you recognize his love for you, you're going to be able to love him back so easily. Because when you, feel, when you know that love, you can't help but love him back. Who have been called according to his purpose. So, in God's intricate purpose and plan, he has fashioned us to be in his likeness, right? We studied that a bit ago. And when he made us righteous, he glorified us. And Jesus completed this gift for us. Okay? Let's read the scripture. Romans 8, 29. And those whom he foreknew, that's everybody. Everybody ever born. He also fashioned in the likeness of the image of his son. That he, Jesus, would be the firstborn, just the firstborn. The firstborn. That means there are others to come. Of many brethren. Are you co-heirs? You are a brethren. As a believer in Christ, you are a brethren. And those whom he prefashioned, that would be everybody, he called. And those whom he called, he made righteous, and those whom he made righteous, he glorified. It's past tense, folks. <laughs> Own it. Believe it. Be secure in it. Be confident in everything he has designed for you. Wow. Wow. That means that the revelation of the fullness of the Godhead bodily in us and through us, Christ is the fullness, right? Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is Christ in you? How many in this room are believers? In Christ Jesus. Okay. That defines you. So that's revelation of the full hope, full dominion of Christ in every circumstance in our lives. That's what we're after here. That's why we live here. That's what we're doing here. That's what we want to show to others here. So anywhere where we do not see that fullness in our lives means that all we need to do is allow the love of God to transform that area. So we want to capture this revelation in our spirit. The Holy Spirit brings to our hearts the full revelation of God, the full revelation of his presence, his peace, his life. 
the completeness of Christ, his full and perfect will, right? His complete love, our completeness in him. So we just keep loving God. We just keep trusting God to bring all, it says that he will complete the good work that he began in you. So we trust him to complete that good work that he began in you. He has a good work. You are a good work of the Father God. So Jesus is just the firstborn, and we are likewise God's heirs, co-heirs, in all the fullness of Jesus because of what Jesus sacrificed for us. Romans 8.30. And those whom he prefashioned, again, that's all of us, he called, and those whom he called, he made righteous, and those whom he made righteous, he glorified. No separation before sin, like Adam and Eve. The veil's torn. No more veil, right? No more veil. Total communion. Unity with the Father. You're to be a reproduction of him here. Christ in us, us in him. So, with all that Christ accomplished and gifted to you, gifted to me, gifted, gifted, how can we ever live defeated? How could we ever live broken? The only way we can do that is when we start relying on self. When we think self is more important than God. I have to preserve myself in this situation. No, you do not have to preserve yourself. God will do that. You follow his ways, his heart. He will do that. He will not fail you. The biggest thing we can do is just get ourselves out of the way. Okay? Knowing the love of the Father and all that he has conquered for us. Okay, as long as we recognize what Christ has done and who he is in us, and we own it, and we stay in union with him, we could not be defeated. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Say that. If God is for me, who can be against me? So, we've been given a hope beyond imagination. You have been given a hope beyond imagination. Christ in me, me in him, Romans 8.32 God spared not Jesus. Why did he spare not Jesus? He spared not Jesus so that you could live this way. Yes, so that you could be with him eternally, but so that you could live this way, showing him to others on this earth. We have a, it says in Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So let's think about ourselves and put ourselves in that same position. Can we spare not our own selves? Do you get the question? Can we spare not our own selves? And you might think you're in a sacrifice, but you know what? It will never be a sacrifice because <laughs> all that comes from it is the blessing of the Lord, the glory of God, the fullness of Christ in you. Hallelujah. Romans 8.35 Nothing can remove us from the love of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Well, what's the answer to that? No. Right. Nothing. We are victorious because of his love. It helps us remove self, victorious over every fleshly plan, over all power of the enemy. The enemy wants you to get in flesh. The, one, the enemy wants you to get in self. No, this is verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Goodbye, self. Hello, Jesus. 
Actually, it's the other way around. Hello, Jesus, goodbye, self. Oh, to know him. Oh, to be captivated by him. Oh, to be secure in his love for me. Oh, for you to be secure in his love for you, no matter what's going on around you. Hallelujah. We are in Christ, and when we are in Christ, we choose to yield to the spirit of life, and we live in a place of glory. Hallelujah. Okay, that's what the Lord had me say to you today.